Hello, everybody, and welcome to Scarecrow Radio. I'm Ben. I'm Darcy. On this episode, me and Darcy talk about midnight movies, J.J. Abrams and Friends, and we take a deep dive into, well, not the ocean, but the world of 3D. Enjoy. Ben, you have a 3D setup at home, correct? Yeah, I have a projector, and uh, yeah, I've been watching a lot of 3D movies lately. Wait, so how does the projection work with 3D? It, the, the, there are glasses that come with, well, and they connect. I actually don't know how the technology works at home. Yeah, it's super weird because I've seen it on like TVs before, but I assume something's changing on the screen resolution or something. The, I don't know if the resolution's different. I mean, it's... The pixels. <laughs> uh, I Yeah, I don't know how it's projected. Uh, my experience with 3D initially, uh, like the first 3D movies I saw or ran were uh were 35 millimeter which i didn't realize how rare that was until i started working in a a digital theater and i i don't think i've ever met i'm the only person i've ever met knowingly who has projected 3d on film that's also interesting i wonder if it's just an effect they overlay over it uh i know that for three for 35 it was uh there was a special lens and I remember looking at the film, like pulling out uh, the film as we were like putting reels together. And it, it, it's weird. It doesn't look that different to me. But yeah, obviously there's something going on. But yeah, I got I have like a home theater set up, which is uh, I'm pretty stoked on. And uh, the first thing I saw in 3D was uh, a giant fish from uh, like a, a it was either a planet Earth or Earth documentary. Wait, a literal giant fish, or is the title called a giant fish? Oh, uh, it, it, I'm not sure what the actual program was. It was uh, like so, like the person who like set it up for me, uh, they they popped it in as the demo disc. Oh, okay, so and it's like you saw a literal fish. Yes, it was okay. a literal fish, <laughs> okay, okay. which is that's like my nightmare. That's really, uh, I, yeah. Scary. Have I never talked about that? No. Like, um, I I think the like like the ocean terrifies me like i have a like a literal fear of the ocean um that extends to uh like i can't i don't even like seafood because of it i don't eat seafood (laughs) either i can't believe we haven't talked about this wow yeah uh i get made fun of so much here especially because it's you know huge seafood industry also lived like you're allergic so that they don't pressure you on it I don't mind people saying like you should try this or try that, but uh, if when it goes past, like we, like um, we've had coworkers who've brought in seafood things to share. That sounds weird. I, what what place has ever had a? Like... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're bringing in t- octopus tentacles, whatever those are called, <laughs> calamari. <laughs> so well, like <laughs> snack while you're eating. I believe it was clam jerky. Ew! I don't even eat seaweed. So like that's like, oh. I kind of like seaweed. It's weird. My I also like tuna, but I mean like I grew well, up with chicken, that. Chicken, so of the sea, so it's fine. At, <laughs> in some cases, literally. Uh, I also like fish sticks, but I mean it's like hyper processed, so I can like remove myself. But like, like I, I think part of it is like fish terrify me. And I think a lot of seafood, you're eating like the entire animal. I know, you're eating so, the skin 
I mean, you do that with meat too, but I don't. I try not to. I, don't, I barely eat meat. Oh god. Well, yeah, like when you get a cheeseburger, it like the the cow's face isn't like <laughs> yeah, next to no it. There's no eyes and bones. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why that's extra to me. But even like clams or lobsters or crabs, like typically you eat the like you, you like the plate is the entire body. Anyway, I'm I'm getting off way off topic. Uh, so the first thing I see in 3D, like the uh, like dude's like, hey, come check this out. It's all set is just giant fish that uh, it looks like I could reach out and grab. And I was so it's like, man, this is why I like 3D. This is the only way I read something like just a dumb quote on the Internet. It was something like um, you can keep putting out 4K stuff and that's great, but it's just a higher resolution of something that I've already seen. 3D actually changes the viewing experience and like like it does. I think we also talked last year a lot about um, like without being able to go to a movie theater, like how to make a movie feel like it's an event again, that's, which is something that's like very important to me. Like that's how that's like why I was in exhibition for so long. Like that's it's like my favorite part is like, let's get dressed up and go out to a movie. That's nice. Yeah, you're an exhibitionist. Truly. <laughs> well, like uh, 3D, it, it kind of it brings back some of that. It, it there's a ritual to it. Like it's, I don't know. When you have the glasses on, you have to pay attention because you can't be like on your phone. Like it's more yes. of a conscious decision to be like, oh, I have to look at my phone now rather than when you don't have glasses preventing you. Oh, so you're right. It makes it totally a lot more immersive in that sense. Immersive is pretty much the next thing I was going to say. Like that is great 3D, which is not every 3D movie great 3d is immersive and i i just like i enjoy that experience so much and i i get people who don't like it and the glasses are too much or whatever but man boy if you can just like let yourself hang out in a movie with those glasses on for 90 minutes or two hours like some of the experiences are very rewarding the glasses that you have um are they the ones that you have to have a battery yeah they're active so they it's like basically flicker and uh you know if like you looked at them in a certain way but i feel like uh for me that's like the key um if i'm not at a movie theater if i'm at someone's home set up with 3d it's like having the good glasses like it's not like do you remember when spy kids 3d came out and they came with like the blue Absolutely. and red glasses and a glass <laughs> yeah i feel like when people are like oh let's watch a 3d maybe they still kind of have a little bit of that in their head of like crappy 3d and at this point there's yeah. like actual good 3d so uh, all, so Avatar, the James Cameron movie, that's sort of, it wasn't the first in the like recent 3D era, but it ushered in, it's probably why we have 3D movies still, even when we're not making 3D TVs, like you can still go see 3D movies at, in theaters. Uh, I was reading uh, last night, just like flipping through Twitter, and uh, it was like Avatar made $2.7 billion worldwide, but... It has no lasting effect culturally. Um, I t wait, what? That's not true at all. Um, oh well, as far as three D, you mean the technology I think, did? I think yes. I think the from a technological standpoint, Avatar had a huge, very lasting effect. But like, uh, there's not a lot of people who are trying to learn Navi. The language oh, okay, from okay, that I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I mean the. The story and all that was kind of throwaway. 
I actually yeah. never saw the last 20 minutes of it. So it's a, uh, I mean, that movie's like, it's a very like easily digestible story so that you'll stay in this like gorgeous setting. I wouldn't call those creatures gorgeous, but I guess everything around them is. <laughs> I don't know if the creatures are, but the trees that they exist among are like really beautiful. Uh, yeah. I think even some of the things that are ugly in that movie are still kind of beautiful. It's, uh, I don't know. The, watching that movie in 3D is still a like an amazing experience. I still love it. it and it's I'm immediately transported to sitting in an IMAX theater waiting for it to start back in 2000 like late 2009. Is there um did they ever release Lord of the Rings in 3D um post post like in recent years? That's so funny. I was just looking at, I was walking by the Peter Jackson shelf yesterday and I remembered that the Hobbit movies were in 3D. Oh God. So oh God. I forgot about yeah. those. Those don't count. But yeah, those are rough. Uh, those are, I, I, I think they were released in 3D at the time, whereas yeah, they were. obviously the Lord of the Rings movies predate that. Um, but I don't know if there's a 3D release for those. I don't think we have it at work at Scarecrow. I wonder what that would be. Cause it is interesting when it, they go back and make a movie that wasn't shot and supposed to be 3D, 3D. Sometimes it yeah, works really well, sometimes it doesn't. But it would be cool to experience like old movies or movies that you grew up with loving um, in a new way again. I think that would be kind of cool. Yeah, there are a handful that are uh, it, at least worthwhile. Or I mean, it's kind of fun. I, I like the Terminator 2 and 3D was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Jurassic Star Wars. Park. Uh, oh, I I was there for episode one. Episode one in 3D was such a blast. It I was know. so disappointing they didn't release, uh, you know, the rest of them. It was so sad, but I'm glad that the one they did release is the one with the pod racing because, like, oh yeah, that that made it way more fun. So yeah, I mean, I guess the only maybe if they had only done like the OG Star Wars, like A New Hope, but yeah, but episode one that would be my pick. If if they were only going to do one, I would have picked that one in a heartbeat. I mean, the summer that that came out, I I saw it eight times. Oh my like, god! Like, oh, I like I was I was I was a freshman in high school who had nothing to do. Oh, I lived you mean in a small originally town. came out? I thought you meant the three D. Oh, like, the three D. No, I saw it at midnight, and then I think I went again, like when it was like about to leave theaters. Like I I think I had like told myself I'm going to see this five times. And <laughs> this makes way more sense though that you in the whatever year it came out we just see it eight 1999 times. wow do you remember there was this guy um who used to be a patron at one of our theaters that we worked at um who said that he well, i swear to god he said he slept on a couch outside of the theater for like a month before phantom menace came out because he was so excited and then was so sad <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny and i was like you didn't need to do that <laughs> The, I mean, there's documentaries about people waiting to see Star Wars. Oh my god! Like, like uh, Star Wait is one of them. Um, okay, I'll have to check it out. He might, maybe he's in it because this what he was saying was very intense. I actually think he said six weeks, but I was like, there's no way it's cheap, so I'm just gonna say four weeks, just so I don't sound like I'm making this up. But I swear to God, this happened. So. The, f- the frenzy around Star Wars Episode One coming out, and even Episode Two was bananas and people did wait weeks weeks to see that i think there are people who waited as long as like almost three months they should have just gotten a job at a theater and then been like me (laughs) and then the opening night of the new one they're like you worked 16 hours in a row you can go sit (laughs) okay i 
maybe you had got a pre-screening of it you know they had to qc that stuff so yeah yeah <laughs> but that, yeah that's a, that's a good point i wonder if, i wonder how many people did do that i would i mean you'd have to know that whichever theater you're getting a job at would be doing qc screenings or letting certain employees i mean the thing is if you joined a theater three months before that was going to happen and there was a seniority thing then that wouldn't work out for you but it could it could have worked out for them so yeah. i'm sure this happened i'm positive and it would have been a lot better than putting a couch out front of the theater for uh, over a month i can't imagine doing that i i i would go i saw all of those well i saw the of the the prequel trilogy i saw all of those like at midnight first screenings i could see absolutely and i don't think i showed up more than three or four hours <laughs> but even four hours standing standing in a lobby for four hours is a long time like it feels like forever and this is pre-cell phone yeah the thing is though that culture seems to be totally gone even before covid like first gone. off they moved the midnight screenings to like thursday at 10 p.m which was already a bummer because it's like Sometimes they're like Thursday at seven. No, or yeah, I know. So it's not a midnight release. And then also like, I mean, the only midnight releases, like big series that I went to were probably like Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter and Twilight. I cannot think I've maybe gone to like a handful since then, but I cannot think of like a big, huge release like that. Oh, The Hobbit, which was very disappointing. So I blocked it out of my mind. But I don't know. It just feels like that's not really a thing. It, I, it's really, I mean, it's almost gone. I think the last midnight movie that I saw that wasn't, um, you know, like rep stuff was uh, Skyfall. Yeah. The Bond movie, right. which is almost a decade ago. Yeah. And think about this. We worked at a theater that would, it's great for midnight releases. And the only <sighs> big, big release we worked was the new Star Wars reboot. Like, I mean, there are other big releases, but like the only one that had like, an event leading up to it that had a midnight release was that one. Whereas all the other movies were again, Thursday at like seven or 10. So it, the buzz was not there. The energy was not the same. It wasn't like the diehards who were going to, you know, miss work the next day or go to work sleep deprived. It was your average movie goer going on a Thursday at 7 PM. Yeah. I, the people who saw all seven star Wars movies at the time in a row, that Those, was so fun, though. That was, that was so fun. Unbelievably fun. Every <laughs> single person there loved that. That's the most joyous, super tired people I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah, even the employees were like happy to like work because okay, for context, oh, yeah. we started at 10 p.m. with Phantom Menace, or did we do the prequels first? No, we did Phantom Menace first, right? Oh yeah, it was one, it was Phantom Menace to Force Awakens in yeah. one, one through seven in the chronological order of the timeline of the films. Starting at ten p.m. the night before. Yeah. So people watched all the movies, and yeah, we all worked like extremely long, weird shifts, and it was so fun. And the energy was like intoxicating. I miss it so yeah. much. It, you could, I mean, it's that thing. If like you could cut it with a knife, like you could. It was tactile. It was in the air like you could feel it every every person there was overjoyed and also uh one of the only three i think that's the only 3d screening we did was that first one like we had to contractually oh, yeah, and then that. well yeah it's a nice swing back to 3d thank you ben oh well totally i 
I, I saw the I saw that first 3D screening. I sat through all, like most of those movies. I had to work through a lot, a lot of it. But I saw that first screening, and then the very next day, the first 2D screening, I, I had to work. And so I just came in and was like, can I be the person who sits? And they're like, yeah. And so I saw it twice in like eight hours. I think that happened to me too, because I'm not even into Star Wars. But like, like I said, like I was like, so at this point, I've been working so long that our boss was like, you can go watch the first screening. And I was like, okay, I feel kind of bad for all the people who are very excited, but like, yes, I have been here for way too long. And so, yeah. and then I had already signed up to like QC it, like mm-hmm. one of the first screenings. So then I saw it twice and then I felt bad because people hadn't seen it yet at all. But I was like, well, <laughs> whatever. But yeah, it's, uh, the, I don't even remember the 3D screening to be honest. I mean, I was there, but like, I don't remember remember the 3d being a specific part of that experience for me yeah me neither i i, I don't it, i wouldn't say it's like the 3d movie to see i i mean i've had the opportunity to watch it in 3d since and i watched something else so uh but i don't know it's I, i'd probably watch it again i have seen a lot of cool stuff lately that i that i missed uh like theatrically um the doctor strange movie in 3d which Doctor I, Strange. Oh, the Benedict Cumberbatch Marvel movies. Yes. Okay. Um, which I, I think is a movie that a lot of people slept on. Man, the 3D is so awesome. There's so many. The the special effects in that movie are incredible, and the 3D actually makes it better. Yeah, it like doesn't it's not clunky. Doesn't get in the way. Uh, like you're watching, you know, the stuff in Inception where like the like the world like folds in on itself. And like when that came out, everyone was like, Whoa, oh my God, that's incredible. And Doctor Strange, like multiply that, like, like that stuff times five is happening sometimes. And then, oh yeah, it's, it's so wild and um, very, like very uh, vibrant. Um, like the, the last maybe like third of the movie is just super colorful. I mean, I, I don't want to spoil anything. Like it takes place in another dimension, um, I don't know. It's just a very clever story too. It's like, I, I, well, I guess it's not a clever story. It's clever the ways that they make use of his powers. It like, I don't know. It, it's just a really fun movie. Regardless of, you know, you don't have to like any of the other ones. It doesn't, it's has maybe the least crossover of any of the like third wave Marvel movies, but. I'll check it out. I used to love Benedict Cumberbatch. I used to be one of those Tumblr girls. So <laughs> I'll check it out just for to, you know. Have I told you my Benedict Cumberbatch story? Like it's not that no. great. I had obviously seen him in a few things, but it, like I like Atonement, and uh, and so I, I like I knew his face, but I didn't know his name. So then when Star Trek, uh, oh, into darkness. This, is that the second one? Yeah, the one where he's yeah, okay. gone. Yes. Okay. So that's when that's coming out. There's a bus ad in Seattle. Yes, I I remember the bus on the back where he was on the. the yes, like, of course I remember. He's this. on and the it, back, and yes. the quote is Benedict Cumberbatch is the best villain, something something something, and I was just like, J.J. Abrams picks the worst names for his characters. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the name of the character. I didn't I didn't realize that was his name. Everyone um, has a like Benedict Cumberbatch name story. <laughs> like that, that's yours. <laughs> I was like very anti JJ at the time. I'm oh, which is weird because he directed Force Awakens. Like that's back to it, but 
I'm I'm sort of fine on him now, but at the time, man, I got I I thought Super Eight was like the biggest letdown. I've never seen it. Know. I'm not a big fan of him. Like I've seen some of his movies, but I I don't know. I mean, he's just. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna say he's just like another boring white guy to me. And I know that's maybe like covering all the things, but it's just like he probably does cool things. I just don't care enough to look into it. Like I'll watch a movie, but not. I have no association with it being J.J. Abrams per se. He is like he's like the Kevin Smith of of like sci-fi and fantasy. In yeah, but Kevin Smith is more interesting at least. Well, those shorts that he's always wearing. And the yeah, no, that's what I mean. I, like he has a, <laughs> a shtick, you know. <laughs> I mean, I agree. I, I've heard a lot of people say really nice things about J.J. Abrams as a person. So I'm sure I, he's nice. I'm sure it's nothing but, about him. It's just like oh, cool visually. I, I, this is after I'm talking about how the, like liking The Force Awakens. I just think visually a lot of his movies are pretty drab, and uh, the lens flare thing is like, how are you aware of how much people cannot stand this? And you're just like, all right, I'll just put a couple <laughs> in this movie. Like, just stop. You don't I have mean, to do it. Is it a joke? Is he doing it as like a little like, haha? I, but then he would just do it once, right? And it would be like a joke in the movie too. I'd say. I think he. Um, I, I don't pay that much attention to him. I um I don't like hate him, but like I just don't care. And yeah, I, he's not exactly. he's not making movies for me anymore. Which you know, and that's fine too. I don't I don't need everything to be made for me. Um, but I I think he has made reference to like um, my wife told me there were too many lens flares in this movie. Like some some kind of joke like that. And it's like, hey, yeah, we're all saying this. <laughs> she <laughs> Everyone's was not the first tired to say of it. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> It's just he doesn't have that many trademarks and and not enough for lens flares to be, you know, like the the one that's most noticed. I don't know. Well, his trademark at this point just seems to be space, which like and like he produces movies that deal with space and then lens flares. So hand in hand there is what I would say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Again, don't I don't hate him, but no, me either. It's just you know, it's just ready for if, something else. Exactly. If J.J. Abrams, uh, Joss Whedon, for many reasons, for many reasons, yeah, Joss uh, is way worse. It, I'll say this: of the three people I'm going to name, J.J. Abrams, Joss Whedon, Zack Snyder, J.J. Sorry, Joss Whedon is the only one that should be uh, should not be making films for reasons other than the films they make like, yeah I joss agree. whedon he's is a, a shitty crap. person yeah. fuck that guy yes i um, agree sorry for swearing no 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 zach, he deserves it he's he's awful so and zach snyder and jj abrams are they're just boring t- <laughs> they're just boring but just can, can we stop giving them iip can we just like yes exactly just, like uh, how much of like comic book movies horror movies like is it dawn of the dead uh and um, Star Wars, Star Trek, like all the, almost all of those movies have been made by those three guys. <laughs> but the like. good thing for me in this is that I don't watch those movies anyways. So it's like, I'm almost yeah. happy that that's what they get. So I can just be like, yep, all those Marvel movies can just be over there in this world that I'm not even going to dip my toes in to begin with. Well, maybe I'll watch Doctor Strange, but you know what I mean. Those are not if my If you're going to watch one MCU movie, if, if you were like, hey, I'm going to try this, like, what should I pick? I would just say Doctor Strange because, it, it, again, you don't ha- need any prior knowledge. You don't have to see any of the other movies to understand anything. It's all right there for you. 
and it just visually it is superb. It is like like stunning at times for me. I like I loved the experience of watching it. Darcy and I want to thank you for listening and remind you that Scarecrow Video not only rents to the fine folks of Seattle, Washington, but we ship rentals all over the United States from Haddonfield, Illinois to Hill Valley, California. With over 130,000 titles in the archive, renting by mail is one of the many ways Scarecrow brings people and film together. That's it for today's show, and until next time, remember to be kind, rewind, and always return your discs and tapes on time.